All right, so this is Todd Atkins again, and uh, this is a little bit different episode. Uh, I lived on Oahu for 14 years, and uh, when I saw the fires in, in Lahaina, I was actually in the Philippines at the time. Um, that's where my wife is from, and it's the first time we had ever had the chance to visit there. So to see, uh, you know, uh, to see Lahaina be destroyed, a place I have visited a couple times in my life, uh, it was crazy, and. I really wanted to talk with some people who were there, who had experienced it. And uh, someone put me in touch with a MMA fan named Blaze Buck. And uh, he escaped the Lahaina wildfires. And uh, he talked with me about it, which I'm sure was really difficult for him because it's a traumatic experience. Still fresh in the minds of people that experience this. So uh, it's very important for me to have someone on. Um, and, you know, and honestly, I'm just grateful I had the opportunity to talk to someone like him. And uh, I'm going to put a GoFundMe in the show notes. Uh, Blaze lost everything. You know, the only thing he had was uh, like the keychain to his keys. He literally had nothing else. And uh, when he talked to me, he was trying to get a new truck. And, uh, San Antonio, Texas, actually, with his uh, insurance check. So, yeah, he was basically starting off from square one. He was uh, living in uh, Las Vegas right now with some uh, family members and uh, just trying to put his life back together. And uh, so I highly encourage you, uh, as you're listening to the story, to think about maybe helping him out some. And like I said, check out the show notes. You'll see where uh, you can donate to him in his uh, recovery. And as always, for anyone taking time to listen to this, I greatly appreciate it. Check it out. All right, so it's Todd Atkins, and I'm here with Blaze Buck. And uh, this is going to be a little bit different. Usually I do uh, fight-related shows, and uh, but I lived on Oahu for 14 years. I still do kind of some Hawaii-related shows some crime shows and some other uh, Hawaii-related topics. So this is going to be one of those since the fires in Lahaina. Uh, Blaze happened to be there when that all went down. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And before I start, I just want to thank Live to Fight Design, who happens to sponsor my show. You can find them on Instagram at Live to Fight Design. They make fight banners for fighters and gym banners. So if you use my promo code, you can get $20 off of one. And uh, Blaze, I want to thank you for taking time to do this. And kind of the kind of the first thing I want to ask you is, first time you went out to Maui, like how did you get your first experience of Maui? So growing up, um, <clears throat> I went to, I've, I've, I've been to Maui back and forth a ton because uh, just the industry my dad works in, he works, well, did before the fires. He no longer is... Uh, working for the company uh but he worked in timeshare and so all the time we were going back and forth for either award ceremonies or business meetings this like this that this that and so growing up i went to wailea a lot um and anytime you know you hit maui that's that was like the the primary tourist spot is like obviously yeah you go to the beach or whatever hotel you're staying at but then you go down to lahaina town you go see the banyan tree you go have lunch or dinner or whatever and 
that that was that was Maui. You know, obviously you have Kahului, you have Kihei, you have Wailuku, but no one goes to Maui to go to Wailuku. You know what I mean? Like maybe Kihei, if you have like a quiet timeshare and all you do is like sit and read books at the pool. But if you're going for the touristy stuff, you're going to Kanapali, you're going to Lahaina, you're going to um sorry, brain fart. Uh like you go you're going to West Shore, you know? And so anytime we went down there, we would always spend a ton of time on West Shore. And uh right before COVID hit, my dad moved out to Maui because he was offered a position out there. And so he had been living there for a few years. And earlier this year, actually, I believe it was the end of last year. Uh can't believe it's already the old, the end of 2023. It's kind of wild. Um, end of last year. I was offered a position to go work in Maui with my dad. Uh, it came with a pretty significant pay raise, all things considered. I mean, it was obviously it's a commission-based job, it's timeshare, but the estimate was that it was going to be a pretty significant pay raise, more responsibility, more experience, and just bettering my career. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Um, just full send. And let's see what happens. You know, the company paid for most of my expenses moving out there uh, in terms of just like plane tickets and uh, shipping stuff. Um, and just for the sake of, I am still affiliated with a company. I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it is one of the more major hotel brands. I'm actually staying in one right now here in San Antonio. Um, but I got set up. I was living with my dad at first and then uh, it's actually kind of funny july my birthday hit i went back home to vegas for my birthday to spend time with my friends and family uh and then july 10th i moved into my very first place on my own uh and i was living right behind fleetwoods on front street on a panaeva street i was living in a little ohana cottage just basically a little studio apartment and i cannot tell you how how much I loved it. It was so overpriced, but it was such a beautiful area. Like it was such a quiet little street and it was right behind. I don't know how familiar you are with Front Street, but there's that little, there's, there well, there was Cheeseburger in Paradise. And then across the street, there was a little courtyard with the Ululani's and then the little red phone booth. If you went through that courtyard, you're literally at my street. So I could walk to Front Street in less than 60 seconds. It was awesome. And my ex-girlfriend was working at Cheeseburger in Paradise. So like, you know, it was easy. I could go see her. And then Fleetwoods was like my go-to place to go hang out because I never got ID'd. Uh, I don't look my age. <laughs> um, but I never, you know, I wouldn't go drink. I would just go have food on the rooftop bar, listen to live music. And um, it was just, it felt like home really fast because I wasn't some asshole tourist who was just like, I'm going to bring my culture to Lahaina. It was, I want to, I want to be part of Lahaina. I want to live here. I want to, I want to get to know the area. And I very quickly introduced myself to the culture and all of the people around me. So I forced myself to become a, not so much a local, but you know, someone who lived there and people started to recognize me and like me because I try to be a very personable guy. And it very quickly became home. And so I moved into my Ohana on July 10th. 
I got my truck shipped out to Maui. It got delivered on July, July 10th as well. I picked up my truck and then I moved in immediately because I then had a truck. So I just started moving stuff in. And um, my girlfriend at the time was helping me out. And it was, it was awesome. You know, I felt like a, I felt like an adult for once. And I was just like, hell yeah. And um, <laughs> I didn't even get to live there for a month. And it, it's just kind of, it doesn't feel real quite yet. You know what I mean? It, it's still a very, did, that happened? holy shit that happened whoa it's still like i'm still processing but uh yeah sorry that was a super long-winded answer <laughs> something about maybe about what you remember like that morning or whenever it kind of first started to i remember it vividly because it was so it was so stupid I woke up, my alarm goes off, I'm getting ready for work. But it was the alarm on my phone, not the alarm on my Alexa. So I was like, what the fuck? Usually my Alexa wakes me up. I always have it blasting. First thing in the morning, depending on the day of the week, it's either Custer, or sorry, yeah, Custer by Slipknot or Dragula by Rob Zombie because they're super loud, super bassy, and it would rattle me awake. And I noticed that it was my phone alarm going off. And I was like, why is it, hmm. Why did my Alexa not go off? And I get up, <clears throat> I flick the light switch in my bathroom. Shit, power's out. Okay, that makes sense. So I just, you know, get ready for work normally, get into my truck, go to work. I worked over in Kaunapali, um, on Kaunapali Beach. And uh, I get to work and there's no power. And so all of the guys I work with are sitting in the downstairs like lounge area. And I'm like, okay, cool. So what's going on here? And they're like, uh, we don't know. Uh, I was like, are we supposed to be here today? Are we going to get sent home? Like, what's what's the deal here? And they're like, there's a hurricane. Like, we'll probably get sent home. And I didn't even realize there was a hurricane supposed to be happening. But I woke up that morning and it was so windy. I figured it was just a windstorm. Because, you know, Maui, the West Shore especially, gets really windy. And so I was like, oh, it's just like super windy today. And then someone told me it was like a cat for a hurricane. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, great. Cool. Thanks for the heads up, you guys. Uh, <laughs> but I was just not focused on the news or anything because I got, I had a breakup that week, you know, like me and my girlfriend broke up on August 1st. And so my brain was just a million other places. I didn't watch the news. I wasn't even looking at like Maui 24-7 or Maui News Now. I should have. I would have been a little bit more prepared. Um but we putz around at work for like an hour, two hours. And eventually my director comes out. He's like, okay, everyone, you guys like stay close. Um, we might get called back in for the one o'clock um, like meeting time. But at, for the time being, everyone, you're dismissed for till one o'clock. So I was like, I looked at my dad. I'm like, what's your plan? He's like, I'm going to go home, play with your sister and skate and maybe go to the beach. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went home. And uh, I kept my, my Ohana so cold that I, uh, when I got home, it was still like 68 there. So I just got home, got comfy, laid in bed, passed out because I was exhausted. Um, I was out late the night before. So, you know, it was just nice to 
<sighs> pass out. And I woke up at about 12.30. And I was like, something just feels off. Like, I don't know why I woke up. Nothing woke me up. I just woke up and it was weird. I just felt something was off. And I looked down at my phone and I'm just getting blown up by my stepmom. Like, hey, you should come hang out with us. Come hang out, like come hang out, come over, come hang out, come over. I don't like that you're there by yourself. I have a weird feeling about today. My, my stepmom's kind of on the nose with that sometimes. She's a very like gut feeling person. And um, I was like, no, I'm chilling. I don't really want to come over. And then my director uh, shoots a text to the group chat saying like, hey guys, everyone come back in for the one o'clock meeting time. Um, that way we can at least just, you know, take a head count, make everyone, make sure everyone's alive. And um, I'm trying to find the group chat text. I, I sent a group chat or I sent a text in the group chat saying essentially like, hey, heads up, there is a fire on Lahaina Luna Road um be aware of you know some kind of uh be aware of any kind of uh traffic issues and i can even show you the texts from that day man where is it sorry You saved them all, huh? Sorry? You saved all the texts. Uh, I, I don't really delete my texts often. So, yeah, I, I, I saved most of them. I can't find it. Here we go. <clears throat> so this was at... 11.54, so this was right about when I was getting home from the morning meeting. And it says, looks like a large fire has broken out on Lahaina Luna. Be aware of possible traffic disturbances. I don't know uh, how well you can see that with the glare yeah. on my screen. Yeah, yeah. And that was like the the text chat with my, uh, my, my work. And someone was like, just hit a roadblock on Honopiolani, being diverted up the bypass. I see the fire up ahead. Um, one of our meetings is going to be postponed, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's so many down power lines. Um, Two p.m. that day. Or no, I'm sorry. Because the time, the time readjusts now that I'm on a different time zone. So I'm trying to read the time codes but it's, it's the wrong times now. So I sent that text not at 11.54, excuse me. So I am five hours ahead. So that was at 6.54. Uh, so I was on my way to work that morning. And then I said, there seems to be a lot of evacuation as well. So that was, I sent that at two o'clock Texas time, which would be about nine o'clock in Maui. And I was like, hey, so what's the plan for the rest of the day? And everyone was like, hey, yeah, uh, just come in, 
So I start getting ready for work. I text my dad. I was like, hey, I'll see you at work. He didn't respond. Turns out he didn't really have like good signal. Um, as I'm getting ready for work, I step outside to get my shoes off my doormat on my, uh, on my lanai. And um, the wind slams the door shut behind me. And I'm like, oh, okay, like what, whatever. Like I didn't think anything of it. And I turn around and try to open my door and it's locked. Uh, the doorknob was locked. I didn't realize I had it locked. So I locked myself out of my house. My keys and my wallet were on my bed. So I'm like, shit, call a couple locksmiths, call locksmiths. Everyone's like, no, you can't come out till there's power tomorrow or next day. I'm like, fuck. Still at this point, did not realize the fire was not taken care of. There was no alerts. There was no text messages from anyone I knew. It was just, yeah, it's a brush fire. They happen, you know, like they're pretty common in Maui, at least lately, because it's so dry. And um, so I text my dad, I'm like, hey, can you come pick me up? I locked myself out of the house and uh, I, just, I can't get into my truck or anything. He's like, yeah, I'll come pick you up. And he comes and picks me up on his golf cart. I'm like, why the fuck are we on a golf cart? And he goes, because my truck's out of gas and there's no power to pump gas. So you get the golf cart or you can walk in the 80 mile an hour winds. And I was like, fair enough, I'll hop on. And he passes me swim goggles to keep the shit out of my eyes because of how windy it was. We get to his house around 1.15. Um, he lived just down by Mala. So down on that end of Front Street. Um, so... We get to his house. I'm like, okay, are we going to work? He said, fuck no, I'm hammered. I was like, okay, cool, rock and roll. Uh, so I just hung out at home with him and my sister and my stepmom. And then my stepmom's like, hey, I'm running up the Safeway. Do you want to come with? I was like, yeah, sure. So her and I just run up the Safeway, get water, get whatever, just in case, batteries, that sort of thing. And uh, some Play-Doh for my little sister. She's four. And still, at this point, like I said, we didn't realize how big the fire was. We thought it was just a brush fire and it was windy. That's all we thought it was. And we come out to the parking lot and a branch fell on her car and like smashed the hood of the car. And we're like, shit, it's like, okay, it's getting kind of intense. Maybe we should go down to like uh, Napili? Where? No, Kapalua. I was like, maybe we should go down to Kapalua, just like get further up that way. Maybe the wind will, I don't know, who knows? Um, Because I saw it was starting to get kind of smoky. I have a video of that I'll, I'll pull out for you. Um, but I was just like, Hey, something feels off. I feel like we should probably start heading that way. And she was like, yeah, no, I agree with you. But when we brought it up to my dad, he's like, no, it'll be fine. If there was a problem, we would have heard about it by now. Don't, don't stress yourselves out. Um, but okay, so the smoke has fully encroached on the neighborhood. The trees are falling in the streets. Dad. We need to go inside and close up the house. The smoke is in it, like a mile away. Look, it's in the air. Look. There's a golf cart. <laughs> um, but at this point, he was starting to be like, okay, maybe something's up. But he was drinking, so he wasn't really like all there. And um, shit really started to hit the fan around. This was at 3.30. Um, this, this is what we saw around 3.30, 4 o'clock. I was like, smoke's getting bad. Like, it's right there. We need the fucking rock and roll. 
And so we asked our neighbors and the neighbors who were, you know, born and raised in, in Lahaina, they were like, yeah, we're just going to go down to Mala to the beach. We'll be fine there. You know, like the fire is not going to make it to the beach. It's not going to make it over the highway, but the smoke is getting kind of aggressive. We didn't know at this point, but Front Street was already starting to get some like sparks on it. Shit was already hitting the fan. Like Lahaina Luna was toasted at this point, estimated on timeline. Um, but we go inside and my dad's like okay fine maybe we should start like getting ready and i'm like bitch i've been ready i packed your bag i packed l's bag l's my little sister i packed the bag for miranda the, the golf cart already has a case of water on the back like we're ready <laughs> and he's like okay well in that case let's just sit tight and i'm like fuck you sit tight let's just rock and roll let's get going that way we don't get stuck or anything and again he just wasn't taking it seriously and then all of a sudden someone's banging on the front door and he opens it and he steps outside and it was one of our neighbors who used to be a fire chief uh in i think oregon or something like that and um <laughs> he steps outside closes the door 30 seconds later he comes back inside with the fear of like fear of jesus in his eyes and he's like we need to go i'm like fucking thank you i've been telling you that for hours let's go and he's like everything's packed and I'm like pretty much he goes give me a second let me go run grab some cash and whatever so he runs upstairs he comes back down we all get onto the golf cart and as we start to pull out of the driveway and you saw it was a super long driveway um he's like stop 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 I'm like what the fuck now and he goes we forgot the dogs I said dad I love the dogs we have a four-year-old fuck the dogs let's go the smoke like there are st there's shit on fire let's go and he's like, no, I'm going back for the dogs. I can't leave the dogs. I'm like, if you survive, I'm going to fucking kill you. So he hops off and runs back inside. And as I'm about to pull off, I see my boss's fiance, Alexa, and their 10-month-old baby, whose name is Banyan. Um, he's actually a year old now. His birthday was like last week. He's adorable. Um, they are just kind of like walking, looking kind of nervous. Or Alexa is the baby's a baby you know and i'm like hey where's peter and she goes i don't i don't know last time like, he's he's at work i was like do you not have a car and she goes no it's, it's at work with peter i'm like okay come with me you know like that way just like tell peter you're with us we're good i got you and so we go down to mala and it's myself my little sister is sitting next to me um just because i wanted to keep her close and then my stepmom is sitting behind me and then alexa and banyan are sitting behind the like rear passenger side right we get down to mala uh the pier area the little like drop off where they usually load up for scuba and i'm like okay cool we're gonna be good here right and then i turn around and it's just getting worse and worse and it's just this black wall moving towards us and i'm like oh fuck bud like that's not fucking good <laughs> um and so i look at miranda my stepmom i'm like text dad we're going to the resort and so we book it to the resort we work out. And we, I didn't think we were going to make it on the golf cart just because I didn't think it had enough battery. I didn't think it would be able to make it like seven, eight miles. That thing was a fucking lifesaver, literally. Because turns out the neighborhood that we were in, um, uh, uh, Cahoma Village, caught on fire maybe 10 minutes after we, we cruised out. Uh, like shit was hitting the fan as we were leaving. 
I didn't realize that just because I didn't know. Like, how, how would I have known? Nobody knew. And so as we're leaving, we're going past like Honu and uh, Mala, the restaurant. And there's like a police barricade. And I guess what has been explained to me is they were trying to keep people from going into Lahaina Town, but they instead accidentally corked everyone in Lahaina Town. And they tried to stop us. And I said, fuck you, got on the sidewalk and went around them because it was a golf cart. But I think the fact that I was able to get on the sidewalk and get around all of the cars probably saved our lives because I didn't get stuck in traffic at all. And so we get to the post office, Lahaina side, and that was supposed to be like the evac shelter was the civic center. And the line was just so long. I was like, fuck that. I'm a four-year-old and a 10-month-old. I'm not taking them into that where there's going to be thousands of people freaking the fuck out. That is not safe. We are going to keep going to the resort because the, the moms, you know, they were like, no, let's go to where we're supposed to be evacuating to. I was like, fuck you guys. That's a terrible idea. Um, so as we're driving towards the resort uh i asked alexa i'm like hey just in case like peter's you know left the resort already what kind of car does he drive and she goes he drives a red jeep i said what kind of jeep she goes red jeep patriot i'm like okay cool so we keep driving keep driving and i see a red jeep patriot i'm like hey is that peter's car and she goes i think so honk the horn and me 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 and so he looks up and he was like texting on his phone i guess probably trying to get a hold of him and he looks up and sees me, I'm wearing a scuba or a snorkel mask and a COVID mask. So you couldn't see my face at all. I looked like I was about to go paintballing. <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying to see. And then I hold up Banyan like Simba. <laughs> and he realizes like, oh shit, that's my kid. It pulls off to the side and pulls over onto the shoulder. And I kind of pass off Banyan and Alexa to him not literally of course but like I would rather have the baby be in a closed car because there's so much shit in the air like I would rather you guys go with him and then we're all going back to the resort I was like Peter what's your plan and he goes I was going to go back to the resort as soon as I got them because it's like pretty clear down there and I was like okay cool so we all get down to the resort and we get there and unload and everything seems to be kind of chill from that point um, just because we were far enough away and so I unload the girls and I'm just like trying to get in touch with my dad, calling, 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 nothing, 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 no signal. And so I eventually just sit in the valet and wait for my dad. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to get here, but he's going to get here. He's going to get here. He's going to get here. So eventually it felt like hours later. I don't actually know what time it was, if I'm being honest. I don't have a timeline of because my phone was dead at this point. Like I had called out all of my juice, you know? And so he finally pulls up and the front of his truck is all kind of banged up and he's just covered in soot and ash and sweat. And I'm like, oh my God, like what the fuck happened to you? And he goes like, the second I got back to the house, things started catching on fire and it got really bad. I'm like, oh my God, like what happened to the truck? And he goes, I had to push cars out of the way because he had a, he has a Raptor. So it's a big old truck, you know? I was like, what happened in front of your truck? I had to push cars out of the way. I had to like push through one of the roadblocks because it was just wooden barricades. Because I, I, I got a text from Miranda saying you guys were coming to the resort. And I was like, you got, a, a, really? You got signal? And he was like, yeah, that was the last text I got before I lost all signal. And I was like, fucking yeah, 
Hell yeah. Okay, cool. And so he unloads and I get him up to a room because they didn't recognize me at the front desk just because I hadn't been working there as long as he had. Um, but he had been there for a few years. He was like upper management. So he got us checked into a room um, and it's actually kind of a crazy video. So this is the view from the room of the fire. And it was like right at sunset. So it was maybe five or six o'clock. You can see that's that's just Lahaina Town burning, man. You know, I took that one from the balcony and then that was at, uh, that was at about 6.50. It says 6.55. And with the videos, the timestamps are usually pretty, pretty on point. Um, but I head downstairs because he had the dogs in the back of the truck. So um, he was like watching my dogs for me because that morning when I realized there was no power uh, on my way to work, I dropped my car or my, my car, excuse me. I dropped my dog peanut off at his house because I knew that my stepmom would be there to like, you know, keep him cool. Cause they were both French bulldogs. So they had a French bulldog named Fiona. I had her, her brother peanut. Uh, my little sister named him Peanut because his head was shaped like Peanut. Um, but he wasn't super healthy. That's why I took him just because, you know, he was chill. He didn't need to be walked or anything because he was already had breathing problems. He was just a lazy fucking dog. So I was like, okay, cool. So you can just be my cuddle buddy, you know? Like, obviously, we went for walks and everything, but it wasn't a super active dog. Um but he had already been having breathing problems. So once everyone got situated in the room, I got dad into the shower to like try and take care of whatever burns or whatever he was dealing with. Elle calmed down, Miranda calmed down. Okay, cool, I'm gonna go get the dog. So I go down to the parking garage and I go to the back of my dad's truck <clears throat> where the dog cages are. Open the truck bed. Pina is lying facing that way. So he's facing away from me. And then Fiona is sitting up and looking at me. And I hear her breathing really, really heavy and kind of like wheezing. And so I think it was the smoke. But Peanut, unfortunately, I believe had a heart attack or he suffocated or something happened. But Peanut was unfortunately dead when I found him, which was a hell of a shock. You know, because I figured like, oh, dad got the dogs out. Like the dogs are great. The dogs are fine. Um, but I guess driving through and trying to get out, maybe, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Uh, but unfortunately, Peanut was um, was dead. Fiona was like hyperventilating, heavy, wheezing. So I grabbed her. I poured a bunch of water on her. And then I took her upstairs. And as I walk into the room, I lock eyes with Miranda. And she goes, hey, where's Peanut? And I go, Peanut's gone. And she goes, where'd he go? And I go, Peanut's gone. And she's like, oh my God, like what? What the fuck? And <clears throat> she eventually like starts crying. And my dad comes into the room. He's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, Peanut's, um, Peanut's gone. And my dad immediately, I see it click in his head. And he's like, what, what? And my little sister is like all confused. She's like, where's Peanut? Where's Peanut? Like everyone, everyone asked me the same question. And um, looking at my little sister's face and just how confused she was, 
that was the breaking point for me. I was like, I can't fucking be here. I started crying. I put Fiona down in the room and I walked out. <clears throat> I went down to the lobby because uh, they had an extension, like an extension block set up for people to plug in their phones. So I went and bummed a phone charger to try and get some signal. And um, I just sat in the lobby and was like, holy shit, like, I'm pretty sure everything's gone. And I, I went around asking people who were like just getting in, being evac. And then I went to, fuck, it wasn't long across the street. It was, um, fuck, why am I forgetting the name of the store? It was right next to Slappy Cakes. If you know that area of Kanapali, there's a supermarket right there. And for some reason, I just can't remember the name of it for the life of me. The fuck? Sorry about that. So I, I like I go across the street to the parking lot with a couple of the other like uh, employees who were there trying to get some information because people were still just coming in. I was like, hey, do you know is Fleetwood still there? Because if Fleetwood's is still there in my mind, then my house is still there because they were that close proximity. And they're like, oh, dude, like I got so many mixed answers. Some people were like, oh, yeah, everything past Banyan Tree is good. Some people were like, oh, no, everything all the way to like Safeway is fucked. And some people were they were just like, I didn't know. I don't know. Like I couldn't see anything. It was just that smoky and this and that and this and that. And I couldn't get a straight answer. And so I went back to the hotel and I'm just like, I'm pretty sure everything's just gone. And I sat on the top floor of the hotel with, because um, there was a balcony. And for the rest of the night, I just watched the fires just because I wanted to keep an eye on like how close are they getting, that sort of thing. And this was at 11.54 PM, the night of the 8th. It was still raging. Yeah. And I was scared shitless, dude. Like it just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I was like, fuck, am I gonna die tonight? And it was just kind of freaky, man. Like, because I, I went back down to the lobby and I'm, you know, still trying to get answers. And one person was like, Oh, I heard there's a brush fire in Napili. And I'm like, motherfucker. <clears throat> like now there's one on both sides. There wasn't a fire in Nepali. What it was is someone had shot off a flare gun, I guess. And it just like looked like a fire. I, I don't know. It was just someone like spreading shit. But I, I, I walked into the hotel room and I looked my dad square in the face and I said, I fucking hate you. And he goes, why? I said, because I'm going to die tonight. And it's because you convinced me to take this job. And he's like, you're, what the fuck, what? And I was just freaking out, you know? Like, I, I didn't know what I, I was just freaking out. And I wanted someone to blame. And just, yeah. That was, so I passed out that night around 1 a.m. I meant to just take like a 20, 30 minute nap because I wanted to keep shifts watching the fire. And there was a pullout sofa. So I just laid down put a timer on my Garmin because it's the only thing I had like watch wise on me and um, <clears throat> passed out for about four hours and I woke up when the rest of my family woke up and I was like fuck like I panicked immediately when I woke up and then I realized like hey no like 
I'm alive. And I looked over the balcony and the fire was in the same exact place. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> but then that entire day, the ninth, the entire day, people were like, oh, Wheeler's Village is getting evacuated. This is getting evacuated. It's coming closer. Like the fire is not stopping. It's just stuck in certain places, but it's still coming over that ridge line. We're going to get evacuated by the end of the day. They're going to have us go around the backside, whatever. Like people were just saying random shit. It turns out they were evacuating up to like Whaler's Village. They were evacuating that area. And um, so the ninth was just kind of a day of being in limbo, not really knowing what was happening. Um, I got, I found a spot on the hotel property that had a little bit of signal so I, you know, I texted my mom. I'm like, hey, I'm alive. Um, she was freaking out. And I, I had my mom um, post on her Instagram, like, for anyone who's asking, like, Blaze is alive. He's okay. Uh, he has no signal, blah, blah, blah. And um, then the day of the 10th, uh, my dad was like, hey, um, I heard so-and-so is bringing gas. And I'm like, get like gasoline? And he's like, yeah. Um, so we need to go get a jerry can to fill up the Raptor. And that way we have some gas in case we need to like get to Kihei or something. But most importantly, I need to go back to the house. And I said, what the fuck? The house is gone, dude. And he goes, no, 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 no. Someone on a motorcycle came by today. Um, and it was one of our neighbors. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, he said that half of Kahoma Village is there and our house is still there. And I was like, okay, cool. And why do we need to go back to the house? He goes, because I need medication for me and your little sister needs medication. And I was like, okay, cool. What do you need me to do? He said, I need you to come with me. I need you to help me and blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, let's rock and roll. And so we went down to Airport Beach and they had a boat that literally pulled up to the shore and they were passing out like jerry cans of gas and water. And um, it, it was just a blessing. Like the guys who were doing that, um, fucking, they deserve medals, man. And one of them was my boss, Eric Arango. Big shout out to him. Uh, if that man ran for president, I would vote for him twice. I, I would willingly commit voter fraud to vote for that man a second time. He did so much for me and my family and all of my coworkers in terms of taking care of us because later that day on the 10th, the hotel we were staying at ran out of diesel fuel for the generators. And so they ran out of gas for everything. You know, the elevator stopped, all of the, all of the extension cords and everything stopped and the place just turned into basically a big concrete block. And um, he got all of us moved over to a really nice property over in Kihei that had signal and hot water and power. And it was, it was like heaven. It was like getting out of prison after a life sentence, dude. Like, <laughs> but um, we got down. So I'm getting a little ahead of myself. My dad and I go back down to uh, Kahoma and the National Guard is kind of funny. They're sitting there with the Maui, uh, Maui Metro and they're like, we, we asked, is there any way to get in there? We need to go get medication. And the cop was like, listen, bro, let me see your ID. And so my dad passes him his ID and it has like his address. And he's like, okay, I can't let you into Kahoma. 
However, if you wanted to park at that CVS and hypothetically walk across the street behind me and I didn't see you, I couldn't stop you from going into Cahoma. And so that's exactly what we did. And um, I've got a video of that too. It was, it was kind of freaky. It, it, it was, in a way, that was like the only part of that experience that was kind of, I don't want to say fun, but it, it just didn't feel as morbid because, you know, like it felt like we were being sneaky. And um, it, half of the area was just fucking toasted. And so we went, there was a, a fence that was kind of burned on the backside of Cahoma Village. And so we went in through there and we went into the neighborhood and we got into my dad's house and uh, looters hadn't hit it yet, which is a blessing. <clears throat> and where am I? I help him pack whatever he needs. And then he realizes like, you know what? Like I can, cause my stepmom's car was still parked in, uh, in like right out, out front. So he was still and, there. Yeah. Wow. Cause that, that part of the neighborhood was fine. Hmm. So that street was completely untouched. It was kind of weird in a way. Um, I'll, I'll show you. Um, like half of the neighborhood was gone and then half of it was completely untouched. This photo does a really good uh, job showing half of the houses are destroyed. And then this house is just completely untouched, literally separated by a sidewalk. And so her car was still out front. Um, hypothetically, for insurance purposes, I don't know what uh, what is being claimed. So this is all purely hypothetical, you know, for legal reasons. <laughs> this whole story, for legal reasons, a hypothetical. Um, <laughs> but so he's like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna start loading stuff into this car, and then. Uh, we're gonna head back in a little bit, um, but I'm gonna take this car, you take the Raptor when you're ready to go. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll meet you back at the hotel. And so I went into the garage and I grabbed uh, like a little electric scooter, like, you know, the little bird scooters. So we had something similar. Uh, that, that's what the video you posted to advertise this. Um, that's me, that's what I'm writing as I go down Front Street is a little electric scooter scooter and dude going down front street i didn't even know where i was because cheeseburger in paradise was my landmark i was like okay after cheeseburger i turn left i go up line of luna and then i go right onto Eva. and i didn't even like I, that what i just drove past or what i'm about to drive past excuse me this little billboard that is what's left of cheeseburger in paradise and i I notice that and then I immediately fall off the scooter because I'm like oh shit and um, I'm not going to play the audio because I'm not going to lie to you listening to my voice in that moment uh, it, it upsets me a little bit yeah you're, you're in shock um, and then I, I was like okay that's my, that's my turn I don't like what I think I'm going to see and then that was my lot. That's my Tacoma. You know, and yeah. So 
you were trying to open it. What what were you trying to get in? Get in there. Honestly, was it just because you were in shock or whatever? I don't even fucking know. I I just wanted. I, to... I saw you go open up. I was like, what is he trying to get in there? It's all. So I, I, don't know. I was gonna try and sift through something because I had yeah. a bunch of stuff in my truck and I had a bunch of metal stuff in my head it hadn't clicked to me that hey the aluminum frame of that Tacoma is on the fucking ground in a puddle like in my in my head I'm like oh you know I had a I had a stainless steel Leatherman in my console like I wonder if that's still fucking there no dumbass look at the house it's all fucking gone and then did you watch this full video? Okay. So this part, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, and then I'm going to turn on the audio. It's really morbidly funny. I think it's funny now looking back at it. It's a little fucked up. Um, please, please, something left. I found my fucking keys. Oh, wow. What's left of my keys? What's left of my keys? Is that your bed frame there? Yeah. So I actually have those keys with me because I kept that keychain. And I'm going to put it on the new keychain for my new truck. Um, I have the keys with me. So this is what survived of my keychain. I had a really obnoxious keychain with a bunch of key rings and like uh, everything. This is what's left. Even my house key melted, which is wild. But what's even more wild is if you look at the key ring that the, the house key is on, you can see the metal from the other keys is melted around it. But the key rings themselves survive because spring steel has a really high melting point. So you can see that that's all just fucked. And then this was like brass, so it just survived. And then this was a gift from a buddy who was in the Air Force. He was an A-10 crew chief. And this was the firing or like the, the primer pin to a 500 pound bomb. And so this was like the remove before flight thing. So it's good to know that the Air Force uses quality materials. But that's literally all I was able to get out of my, the rubble of my, my uh, stuff. That, that's literally all that survived. And that's just still, I don't think that's, that's set in quite yet. How do you pick up when? Like when all this stuff is gone, how do you like I don't know move on from that? I really don't know. I've started going to therapy. Uh, I've been using better help just because I've been bouncing around a little bit. So and also my insurance is still based in Maui because I haven't transferred officially yet. Uh, I put in my transfer request to maintain the same position I had in Maui back in Vegas, and they denied me for lack of experience. And I was like, motherfucker, I didn't leave the position because I wanted to. Like, fuck you. They, they, they literally said you didn't hold the position long enough in Maui uh, for you to like carry it over. I'm like, fuck you guys. Like, that's not up to me. I didn't do that on purpose. You know what I mean? So that was a little 
that was a little bit peeving. Um, but yeah. So picking up, I don't know, man, because uh, I didn't have renter's insurance. I just moved in. And um, it wasn't required as part of my lease agreement because it was no HANA. So it wasn't like an apartment or anything. I, I figured I was covered under my landlord's homeowner's coverage. And we're still trying to figure that out, whether or not I, like my stuff would be. And um, it's, it's just fucking weird. I, I, I don't know. There's so much stuff that was in my house that is irreplaceable. There was so much sentimental stuff and so much old stuff. I had my grandmother's, my dad's, and my scrapbooks from growing up. Three generations gone. About 100 years worth of pictures. She was like 80. I'm 20. You add those two together, you don't even include my dad's picture. <laughs> like three generations worth of memories just in that gone. Every piece of clothing that I had acquired over my 20 years gone. Every watch that I had ever like been given from family. Like I had a bunch of my dad's old watches and one of my mom's old watches because it was a cool old like 19, I think it was a 1980s Citizen Promaster dive watch. That was like, it was like the first or second one. It was just badass. And um, unfortunately my uncle on my mom's side passed away in June at the very end of the month. And I went out to Boston for his funeral. And while I was out there, my aunt was like, hey, your uncle wanted you to have this. And I, he, she gave me my, my uncle's belt, which belonged to his father. And so that was like a generational thing. And it was just this thick fucking strip of like inch thick leather. You know, it was like a proper old leather belt, gone. It was like a hundred year old belt, gone. Um, my grandma's urn, gone. My grandma's rosary, gone. Pictures of everything. Um, like a, a bunch of my old UFC memorabilia gone. Or not old, but like, um, I don't know. Are you fairly close with uh, Dan from The Starched? Uh -uh. Okay. No. So uh, he's the one who like shouted me out in your comment section. Right? He's a good buddy. Uh -huh. I, met him. I met him at UFC 282 back in December in Vegas. And um, he and I have just been buddies since. And uh, he helped me get some, some some stuff signed. So my dad's from South Africa. And I proudly rep South Africa. You know, like I traveled today. And my spring box hoodie, because it's Rugby World Cup season. So, you know, the, the Bucks are playing and everything. So mm -hmm. it's actually funny. I met a guy from my dad's hometown while I was at the airport in L.A. Because uh, I connected through but um, I had a South African flag signed by Drikas Duplessis and uh, Cameron Simon. And that's gone. I had uh, my VIP pass from 282 signed by David Taylor, TJ Dillashaw, Valentina Shevchenko, and uh, Alex Pajeda. Gone. Like, I, I had some really badass stuff. Gone. Like, I had a puck from the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Stanley Cup winning game. Gone. Like, dude, there's just so much stuff that I can't replace. And material shit is material shit. I can buy new clothes, whatever. But it's it just, it eats me alive knowing that, yeah, I can replace all that stuff. It's going to take me forever to do so. And it's going to cost me a kidney to do that as well. 
but it's the stuff that I can't replace that, that, that haunts me a little bit, you know, and I've been having the same reoccurring nightmare because going through that rubble, I was digging through the rubble of, of my, my place for a couple hours. And, um, it just, I keep having this reoccurring dream. It's kind of like sleep paralysis, except I've never had sleep paralysis before, but I wake up in my bed, in my Ohana, and I am stuck. Like I can't move. <clears throat> and it, I watch the room catch on fire around me. And like the ceiling is like falling on top of me and I can't move. And I'm just stuck as the fire eventually consumes the bed and I wake up in a cold sweat. And that's why earlier I mentioned I haven't, like I haven't stopped it. I haven't slept well in about two months and like uh, melatonin helps a little bit but it, it just makes the dreams worse and shit and it's just it's a really fucking traumatic experience because I went when I went back down front street I cut the video at a certain point because uh, I have two videos of me going down front street one from Kahoma down to where the like Tommy Bahamas was um and then I cut it because I saw a bunch of the cars and I didn't want to video people's cars out of respect. And I'm really glad that I didn't because there was a lot of bodies and there was a couple of, uh, I think there were coroners, but there were cops that were just like on front street with a van and they were going through and marking each of the cars. And I'm on, you know, like a little electric scooter and they're like, Hey man, you can't be in here. And I'm like, buddy, I need to go see if my house is like still there. And they're like, if I tell you to turn around, are you going to turn around? And I was like, respectfully, sir, unless you threaten to arrest me, no, I need to go see if my house is still there. And he's like, you know what, man, like I'm looking this way. If you go that way, I won't see it. I'm like the cops were being super chill, which I appreciate considering they are indirectly at fault for the death of a lot of people. Like, come on, use your fucking brain. Are you really going to keep people on front street? Like, what the fuck are you doing, guy? Maybe they ran over their head at the time. No, 100%. I, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not trying to say that they did it maliciously. It was right, a right. gross incompetence at, at worst. I, I, I very, very, very strongly doubt that anyone would do something like that maliciously. But I don't think they knew what the fuck they were doing. And at some point, you know, like, kind of like the guys who went in the World Trade Center, right? Like, they, a lot of them probably knew they weren't going to make it out. You know, at some point, they probably should have thought, you know, we need to help these people at some point. Right? Like, they're, they're blocking people on Front Street, not letting them off, not letting them out of the fucking burn zone. Oh, sorry. That shocked you, huh? That shocked you, huh? Yeah. Not alarm. Same yeah, one? Huh? Same one as the one before? What alarm? The one that woke you up that day. Is it the same one? No, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know why that alarm is Startled you. Yeah, I'm jumpy. I haven't been sleeping, uh -huh. so... Yeah, yeah, I was wondering why that was. I mean, I could see like they tell them to do something, but at some point, when you realize those people aren't going to make it out, 
yeah, that's like that's fucking... when you have to say, okay, maybe we should, uh, you know, do do whatever we can, and you know, it's it's one of those things where you expect <clears throat> people to have common sense, and common sense is not common, which is the most boomer thing for my twenty year old ass to say, mm-hmm. but it is true. I have not met a lot of people under the age of 40 who have a legitimate knowledge of just common sense. Like, are you fucking stupid? Like, that's an easy answer. Let the people out of the fucking town. Not my place. I'm not a cop. I wasn't there. I didn't hear what they were told to do. You know, I'm not here to piss on the cops usually i'm very pro cop or at least pro law enforcement so like i'm not here to shit on them they were just doing their jobs or i think i don't know that but you know what i mean but yeah rebuilding from here i don't fucking know man that's uh, first step when i got to kihei is i i made a list of like okay here's what i need to do to start being a human again. I need to get out of Maui. I need to get a new vehicle. I need to get a new job. Or excuse me, get a new vehicle, rebuild belongings, and then get a new job. And once I had accomplished those four things, I felt like I would be back on track. I'm in Texas right now to get a new new vehicle because obviously, you know, I had a Tacoma. And uh, so when I was in Vegas, I went to a couple of the Toyota dealerships and um, I work in sales, you know, like I know how sales works. I, I get it. I'm a commission guy. I get it. But these fuckers are eye gouging pieces of shit. Like a Tacoma market, a TRD pro Tacoma, top of the line trim with all the bells and whistles. It's like a 50 to $53,000 truck. These motherfuckers were asking out the door 78 grand. Where the fuck did you get that number from? Like, okay, sure. Taxes and licensing, TTNL, 8.5% in Nevada. Cool. So that brings us to like 60 grand. Where the fuck did the other 15, $18,000 come from? And then I was like, okay, that's very funny. I work in sales. What's the actual number? Because I have a check from my insurance company that I'm willing to spend on a new truck because they just totaled out the old one, right? I was like, so what's the deal here? Are we gonna, are we gonna play nice? Are you gonna make me a legitimate offer? Or are you gonna keep like just smoking crack? And the guy goes, let me go talk to my manager. And he comes back 30 minutes later. Best I can do is 69,000. I laughed, shook his hand. I said, I'm sorry you don't know how to do any math. If you can meet me at like 63, we can have a conversation. Otherwise, have a great day. And I walked out. And I gave him like a day, two days to reach out and be like, you know, make me a reasonable offer. And he didn't. And so I sent a couple emails to Toyota of like Toyotas around Texas because the San, San Antonio is where the Toyota factory is. Um, and so Toyota, like shout out to Alamo Toyota guys over there, super chill. Um, they got me a pretty good deal. I got it for about 500 under sticker out the door. I pick it up tomorrow. 
Um, and then mentally rebuilding, I, I'm doing a bit of a road trip. I'm going to go see my best friend. going to go see my grandpa. going to go to Yellowstone. Like I'm taking the entire month of October to just drive around the country and sit with my thoughts for a little bit. Just recollect myself, reflect let myself sit with those feelings because being in Vegas, you know, I grew up there. I have my friends there. I have family there. So I haven't been sitting with my thoughts. I've been sitting with my people and I've been keeping my men, my mind busy. Like I've been more focused on my last fucking breakup than I have the fact that my house burned down. You know what I mean? Like I just haven't let myself think about it at all. And um, I need to, it, it's that fucking simple. I, I just need to sit and just sit with it and even my therapist was like you just need to let yourself feel shit man and so that's what october is about and hopefully november i have a new outlook on things and a new job <laughs> so you drive back to vegas after you get the truck so i'm going from texas to uh louisiana to alabama to missouri to colorado to montana to cali to vegas no Oklahoma, huh? I think I drive through Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. yeah. On my way to Colorado, leaving Missouri, I think I drive through OKC. I might drive through. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I live outside of Tulsa. So nice. So, yeah, it's about two hours from Oklahoma City. <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering, because I know we're in the same time zone right now. I was wondering where you were based. Nice. Yeah, my brother lives uh, outside of Oklahoma City. He lives in Norman, where the university oh. is, Oklahoma. Yeah. Nice. Go sooner. Oklahoma City's pretty nice. They have Bricktown area there. Maybe you could go check it out. It's kind of okay. Got some... I've never actually been to Oklahoma. Oklahoma City, they did some nice up stuff up there where the, they have this Bricktown area that they built up. You know, mm. they, they did a lot of stuff <laughs> over there because <laughs> the city wanted to be uh, pretty progressive with, uh, you know, with the thunder and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they built up that whole area around where the Oklahoma City Thunder Arena is. Sweet. Yeah, so they got they got a lot of stuff around there. It's all kind of like brick theme. Well, brick brick area, streets and whatnot. Nice. Yeah. You might like it. It's got a little river walk like San Antonio, but it's like not even near the size. You know, like <laughs> it's like you you know if you go you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like uh yeah. I, uh, very small in comparison <laughs> i'm really excited to explore i've always had a bit of wanderlust you know always just wanted to explore and find something new it's always been the kind of person i am i like routine but like i always need a break from it here and there so this should be good you know get my mind off things or actually keep my mind on things. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I went up to Colorado Springs. You got the Olympic Training Center up there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Toward uh, that area. I'm stopping off in Denver on the way up to Yellowstone just because it's kind of a nice midway from Missouri to Yellowstone. I didn't want to do a 20-hour drive. <laughs> Break it up a little bit right in the middle. But I went to the training center. You know, there's sometimes the athletes get tours they take yeah. you through all the area people are training in there and stuff it's pretty cool yeah um i 
I actually might know someone who could get me in there. I'm going to make a couple. You don't have to be. Yeah, you don't have to have someone get you in there. You can go tour in there anytime. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that case, then we'll definitely check yeah, You can just go up there and they have times when you can tour it. I'm literally wearing a USA wrestling shirt right now. Yeah, you, know? you can go in. You can go in the wrestling room. It doesn't really look like anything fancy. You know what I mean? It's just kind of yeah. like any kind of wrestling room you'd imagine. Kind of old school. I've seen a lot of wrestling rooms. Yeah, yeah. It's not you. You would think it'd be like this big, huge, super top of the line. It's really not. I would. I mean, fuck! It's a wrestling room. Like, I yeah. would just expect clean mats, and it would be a really big room. It's not That's really big. Point. It's not really all that big, even. Really? It's in bigger rooms, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, just check it out. Hope you have a good time. Kind of post all this. I mean, that's kind of what I'm going to talk to uh, this girl about in a couple of hours, kind of like, because she's a native Hawaiian. I'm going to kind of talk to her about some of these controversies that have happened after all this. Yeah, and you know, like, being someone who isn't native Hawaiian, I feel like I'm not at liberty to talk mm-hmm. about that sort of thing. You know, like I've heard about all the conspiracy theories. They drive me up the fucking Not wall. conspiracies. I'm talking about like kind of what we were kind of getting at. And though they didn't let oh, them out, the they did the incompetence kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, they haven't explained themselves. And I mean, there is some really fishy shit going on. Like, what? how did the missing toll go from, like, 800 to, like, oh, there's, like, five people missing? Like, no, the f- what the fuck? Where did all those go? What the fuck is that? What the fuck, man? I'm sure there's still a lot of people missing they haven't counted for. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I really hope I gave you something usable and entertaining. Yeah, I mean, for sure, man. Thing is, they don't really have the resources to like say who's in the water, even because I'm Dude, sure they I lost people, people out there. I, I have a couple of friends who were in the water. Like yeah. one of my buddies got interviewed. His GoFundMe popped off. Um, like good for him. I uh, I gave some news. So my landlord, the guy who owned the Ohana, was from Connecticut, and so his hometown in Connecticut reached out to me and was like, "Hey." You know, like we're writing a news story about about the, him and his family and the fires and everything. Um, do we have permission to use your video, the the video I posted um, for our news story? And I was like, yeah, sure. Just plug my GoFundMe. You know what they did? Posted it, did not tag me, did not plug my GoFundMe. And then when I reached out to them about it, they ghosted me. So um I set a lofty goal. I set $30,000 as the goal, just because, you know, like that would help me a lot, you know? And he he set his for like 50 and he's already gotten over a hundred. Like, I was like, fuck it. Oh, yeah, that, that would do, that would do fucking, that would change my, my life. Where can people find it? Um, So it is, I will hold up the QR code right now, but, um, it is in my Instagram bio. If you go to MRB underscore 773 at, uh, on Instagram, that is my Insta. Um, it is in my bio. Um, how do I do the QR code? You know, essentially, it's it's literally just, you know, I, I hate asking for help, especially when it comes to monetary help, because like other people need it. 
why should I get it? But fuck, I need help, man. You know, I, I, I hate to, I hate to ask, but fucking I'm, I'm on LOA from work. It's not that I want to, it's just that I, I don't, I don't have any fucking clue what to do. You don't have the choice. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you didn't have the choice, yeah. but to be. Like, here is yeah. the coupon code for it. Okay. And then the actual title is just Blazebox Wildfire Recovery. Yeah, and I can link it in the show notes of the video when I put it up, too. I'll I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'll, I can make a small video that I'll put up on Instagram. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no, like, it's just... <sighs> there is a lot of controversy behind it and it, it kind of upsets me because I'm like, why the fuck are so many people being taken advantage of in such a, like, what the fuck, man? Like, that's just not cool. That's really, really not cool. And it just, it, it, it continues because that's the nature of the fucking beast is people are selfish and they want to. But I do think the things that are, I'm not talking about the conspiracy stuff. That's stuff I'm 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 paying much attention to. But the things I'm like not even talking about that either. I'm keeping people about... in Lahaina, you know that kind of stuff. So people need to answer for that shit. Yeah, you know, or not sounding the sirens. Who cares if it was for tsunamis? This was sounded anyway. Who cares? Fucking a. Send you know? a... If nobody remember... listens to it, then so be it. Sounded Do you remember anyway. a couple years ago there was the big controversy because they accidentally sent out like a missile alert? Yeah. And why why couldn't we do that with a fucking hey, Lahaina's on fire. Everyone run. Why the fuck did I not get a notification? Sure, the signal was down. I don't I don't think the emergency broadcast goes off of like Verizon's cell tower, right? Because the next day, or like I think it was on the ninth or the tenth, I got a fucking push notification that there was some like fatal accident on the Pialani. But you couldn't tell me that my fucking house was about to burn down? Like, what the fuck, guy? Yeah. They could have just sounded. I mean, if people ignore it, they ignore it. Yeah, honestly. You know, you did everything you could do. You sounded the alarms. You did everything you could do. Okay. You know, like that, that releases all liability. You did your job. Yeah. But you didn't do the obvious thing. You could have sounded that. It's not a problem. And no one has to answer for it. Yeah. That that stuff's not a conspiracy. Someone should have to answer for that. The police yeah. locking someone in. It it wasn't their choice. I'm sure someone told them to do it. Someone should have to answer for that. That's I agree with that. You know, that's those aren't conspiracies. Someone needs to answer for that. And someone sure. should have already answered for it. Because people lost their lives because of those decisions. Yeah. Not next month. It's all. Yeah, not next year. They know who did it. Yeah. The guy who chose not to sound the sirens literally already came forward and was like, ah, I, I chose not to. Fuck yeah, you. I know he quit his job or whatever. But... Yeah, that guy should be fucking strung up by the fucking ankles and turned into a pinata. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people died because of these things. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people like lost things that they will never be able to replace. If you had given me 30 minutes warning, I would have kicked my fucking door down and gotten the important shit. I would have gotten my truck out. I would have gotten my important shit. 
Like, fuck it, you give me 15 minutes, five even, and I would have gotten the important shit. My, my fucking landlord, he's such a good, genuine person. And he's like, yeah, I was panicking and I had like two minutes to get shit out and I grabbed like stupid shit. I didn't grab any pictures or anything. I grabbed like this, 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 this. And I'm like, yeah, but at least you grabbed something, right? You got a car out, like you got out. That's, And at this point, I'm just happy. Like, I'm just grateful to be alive. More than anything, I'm grateful to be alive. A lot of people aren't. And I was very, there was a high chance that if I hadn't woke, there is a high chance if I had not woken up randomly, I would be dead. So someone or something is watching out for me. So I am, I'm just grateful to still be here and have the opportunity to rebuild and better myself and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it'll all come back around. You know, you, you got there and you know, you'll get there again, you know, whether, wherever it may be. Any other questions for me? No, no, I, I appreciate, I know it's difficult to talk about and, and I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Of course, man. You know, and, uh, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll do what I can to get people to help you all, you know, I'll contribute and, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you taking the time to do it. And I appreciate it talking to you, meeting you. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again sometime. And yeah, for everybody sure. checking this out, you know, I'm going to put his uh, GoFundMe in the show notes. And I'll put some stuff on my Instagram too, which you can find uh, the Todd Atkins show on Instagram. So you'll be, if you want to contribute to Blaze's GoFundMe, you can find it on my YouTube or there. So until next time. Everyone that watched the episode, I appreciate it. Take care. I want to thank everyone for taking time to listen to this. You know, it was a very important episode to me. It was a very powerful episode. And like I said at the beginning, please support uh, Blaze in his uh, recovery and donate to his GoFundMe if you can, even if it's a dollar. I know times are hard now, but anything. Um, you know, he took the time to tell the story and uh, share his experience, which I'm sure was difficult. And, uh, yeah, if you donate anything, I'd be very grateful. And, uh, you know, as always, uh, check out my sponsor, Live to Fight Design. You can find him on Instagram at live, number two, fight, design, all one word. They make gym banners and fight banners. If you use my promo code Todd Atkins, you can get $20 off your order. And uh, also put in the show notes my YouTube and my merch shop if you want to check those out. YouTube is where I release episodes right away. And uh, the audio episodes I usually put out a little bit later. And as always, if you like the show, just share it with somebody. And, uh, you know, maybe subscribe to the show on Spotify or whatever. But uh, I greatly appreciate everyone that takes time to listen to this stuff. I can't thank you enough, and uh, I got a couple more episodes I'm going to put out.